We had the head coach of the Bates baseball team, John Martin, with us in studio. And Coach Martin, obviously, you saw the results. Rivera, unanimous selection. Did that surprise you, or were you were you expecting it finally happening this year? I was, you know what, I was an advocate for a unanimous selection for him since he retired. I mean, mm. since he was a current player, actually. So I, I was not surprised. Well, actually, I was surprised at first because I didn't think there was any way that that would happen. Um, just on past trends that you know have taken place, but I would say that they got it right. I'm glad they got it right. You know, he's how could you not vote for Mariano Rivera in the Hall of Fame? I mean, it's just, <laughs> there's no, there, you can't justify your decision if that's how you stand. You just can't. And then Edgar finally got in. Thank goodness. How about that? Yeah. How about that? <laughs> the Broke one the guy, seal. the one yeah. guy who actually hit Mariano Rivera. How about that? Yeah, yeah, he did, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> how about that? Yeah, Edgar. It was good to see Edgar. Edgar was always a class act. I mean, and the guy is, I mean, he's the best DH of all time. Like the guy was a, a pure hitter. He's probably one of the most pure hitters I've ever seen play baseball. I remember watching him grow up. So yeah, that was great. Uh, Musina. Yep. You know, hey, man, Messina, a lot of people are kind of like, Mike Messina was that good? That's what Coach Wing said earlier. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> he's not so sure. But he was that good. I mean, <laughs> you know, he he's he's uh, he was he was one of the highlighted pitchers for uh, a 12-year span, at least, right, in the league. I mean, he was a, he was a marquee pitcher. I, I mean, you know, I think he was a class act. I think he was respected in the league. And I think that, you know, as far as being a professional in the game, you know his numbers are competitive, and I think that he just he did his he did his business the right way. And one thing you have to be, remember about Mucina is he pitched at the height of the steroid era. Of course, right? So of like, course. and he was putting up like a three point one five ERA in two thousand one. I mean, two thousand one. That's when you know Bonds. Well, he wasn't in the National League, but that's when Bonds was doing what he did, and that's when you know home runs were probably at an all time high and. His ERA was under four um, most years during that era from 97 through, you know, like 2001. And he had some up and down seasons, certainly with the Yankees. But again, you know, he finished on top. His last year was one of his best. He went 20-9 and nine at age 39 with a 3.37 ERA and led the league in starts. He threw 200 innings at age 39, which that's, that's is pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, the really. other thing about Mussina was he was, a, he was a strike thrower. Yeah. You know, he just didn't walk guys. I mean, he was uh, – I read something crazy that he only his walks per nine was over 2.0 at like like only one season in his career or something like that. Mm. Like that's pretty legit, you know, when you think about it. I mean, the guy was just he was a strike throw. He pitched a contact. He got out of a lot of jams because of that reason. He just didn't hurt himself. Yeah, I'm looking at this. He um he finished his career. His average walks per nine innings was just two. Only walked two batters I mean, per nine innings. He struck out over seven batters per nine innings. He had the lowest uh, walks per nine innings in 1995. He didn't really lead the league in that many categories that many times, but he certainly had you know some years where he was at the top of, of the game. He led the league in wins in, in 1995, actually, with the Orioles. And also the other thing is his whole career was in the AL East, which right. has always had <laughs> always the Yankees had, yeah, and the course. Red Sox. No, of course. And, you know, he started his career, heck, 92-93, who won the World Series uh, that year? Blue the Blue Jays. Yeah. Now that was before the current realignment, but anyway, that, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> still, still. That, they were playing yeah. them a lot. So yeah. yeah. Um, so Messina, I mean, congratulations. You know, I think that's great. And then, I mean, Roy Halladay. I mean, I, I I watched that guy's entire career. I mean, like he was a real deal. Yeah. Yeah. He was a real deal. Talk about a workhorse. Oh my goodness, and yeah. a dominant pitcher. Um, once again, class act in the league. Um, 
But he was a dominant pitcher in the league for at least 10 years. I mean, like a top two, three starter in, in Major League Baseball for at least 10 years. Um, so He also I mean, reinvented I, himself. In yeah, two, he did. In 2000 yeah, did. with Toronto, he was a complete disaster. He went 4-7 and seven with a 10.64 ERA in 67 two-thirds innings, and the next year that ERA dropped to 3.16 at age 24. So he figured it out after he had a rough go of it uh, early in his career. Yeah, and then you know the other thing, too, I'm reading right here, Led the majors in complete games seven times during his career. Yeah. Um, walks the strikeouts five times. Um, innings pitched four times. Yeah. And then walks per nine three times. Like, yeah. Like, well, 1.9 walks per nine innings. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he was amazing. Um, I used to love watching him pitch. He was yeah. terrific. Absolutely. And he was a um, kind of pitcher that he had such a repertoire. I mean, the guy could, you know, he could sink and cut almost every pitch he threw. Um, and then reach back and beat you with 96 off the corner. You know, I mean, he was that good, and he was a monster, just a mountain of a man. I mean, he was a he was a huge guy, uh, intimidating. Six I mean, foot six, two twenty five. Yeah, Ooh. a big dude, and he uh, he was just a great pitcher. There's no doubt about it. So great, great class. I think it's awesome. Um, Mariano obviously headlining it, going unanimous. I think it's terrific. I think it's awesome. I, he's well deserving of it. Um, I thought Griffey should have been also ninety nine point three. Yeah, you know. So, but but it's just good to see that it is possible for somebody to do that. I mean, you just can't argue the fact that Mariano Rivera was the best relief pitcher in baseball ever. There's no one's ever played that position better than he right. Has. And Edgar's the best DH ever. No, no, and and I, I was saying yesterday, day before, Girardi used to use him more than one inning too. I mean, it wasn't just a, you know, one trick pony. He he pitched. M- Multiple innings, and he many, was durable. many times. Yeah, he'd go back to back for you, back to back to back for you. I remember the uh, the one injury he had; he was shagging fly balls. Yeah, in the outfield. <laughs> remember that? And he, he uh, blew out his knee. Just took an awkward step on a on a line drive, kind of a sinking line drive, which was the hardest ones to catch in the outfield, and uh, blew out his knee and uh, missed the season because of that. I remember 1995 was his rookie season, and they tried to have him start. Yeah, he was a starter. Starter, yeah. and uh, the Mariners and other teams lit him up <laughs> when he was a starter. Yeah. And I have these old cassette tapes of the 95 playoffs, Mariners versus Yankees, divisional series. And so Rivera pitched in that, and you listen to like the Mariners announcers like, the youngster Mariano Rivera – you know, he's wild, but he's got great stuff. <laughs> it's like the, you have no idea what's about to happen, yeah. like, in the yeah. next year and the he's year after. Be the best yeah. pitcher ever, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> um, yeah, off one pitch. You yeah. know, he yeah. threw one pitch with really the cutter. Thing. And uh, ever since Mariana developed that, I mean, you should see when I go to youth camps or high school clinics or anything like that, like, Everybody throws a cutter now. Well, yeah. Everybody's and would, got a cutter. He would show people how to throw it, yeah. and they would not be able to replicate it. He still it. can't do it. Yeah. No. <laughs> it was just a natural ability that he right. had to cut a baseball when he threw it. Yeah. So um, if you were teaching somebody the cutter, what what are the key elements that you would say? Well, here's the thing. is The, the age group that I work with, especially recruiting like high school players, they throw there, – there's kind of a combination factor here. So – um, a slider and a cutter for a 17-year-old is pretty much the same pitch, mm. okay? Because sliders and cutters have the same action yeah. as they cross the strike zone, okay, or as they cross the hitting zone. So especially if you're not throwing, you know, in the mid-90s. In the mid-90s, your cutter is going to be, 
more straight and then just kind of take a bite at the end, your slider is going to be more of a sweeping action. Yeah. And the velocity difference is going to be there. The the differential is going to be there. Um, so I tell guys, like, you know, if you're learning to throw a breaking ball, a, a slider is the easiest thing to learn. Okay. A cutter, guys want to overcompensate trying to make the ball cut. Cutter has to, you have to have a natural ability to cut a baseball when you throw it anyway. And then you just kind of overemphasize what you're doing to make it cut a little bit more. And as your velocity spikes, the ball's going to move even more, okay, as you develop as a player. Um, but sliders, you're manipulating the ball yourself to make it move how you want it to move. It's not a natural ability. So I tell guys, anymore, a 12-6 curveball, I don't see those a lot. A lot of pitchers have given up on that because they're hard to throw for strikes. Yeah. Sliders you can throw more consistently for strikes, and they're easy to throw, easy to learn. You can teach somebody a slider in a week. A 12-6 curveball could take so, years. At least for me, as someone who used to be a hitter, quote-unquote, um, <laughs> yeah. the, slider, loosely, loosely the, said. the slider is much harder for the hitter to ID. It looks uh, like a, yeah, it could like be if it's a good one. Right, a 12-6 curveball, like, at least in the high school level, is like, oh, that's a curveball. Right, like, it's, but, gonna, it's not going to be a strike. <laughs> right, because they were loopy <laughs> right, and, right, and you right. could read them. Yeah, but but a yeah. good 12-6 curveball, uh-huh. the rotation is going to look like a fastball, mm. and you're going to throw it hard. Not the level anything, I played at, but yeah. <laughs> any, yeah, anything I've ever learned about throwing a curveball or a slider, revolutions of the baseball is what you want. Right. Yeah. So throw it hard. Throw it with velocity. Don't don't baby it, so right. we say. You know, yeah. So you're just flipping it in there. Yeah. The other thing, too, that's interesting, and I hope some people write this down that are that are uh, you know hopeful that their baseball career continues for a long time. If you're a pitcher and you throw a curveball and a slider, normally one of them's terrible. <laughs> so yeah. so you need to figure out which yeah. one's an ability the ability that you have to throw and focus on that one because one of them's going to get scrapped as you move on in your career. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. so growing up and when, playing at Maine. Uh, they always taught we they took a tennis can with, yep. with balls in it and sure. and that's how they taught us to throw that's the six twelve right. over the top yep. and don't get your don't get out here you're gonna hurt your elbow, your elbow down, yeah, yeah. so if I'm combining if I'm looking at that versus a slider tell me what the action is for somebody out there listening for a slider what do you okay. what do you teach with the hands what do you do All right so so figure an analogy I use is figure you have like a car tire okay on the edge of your shoulder, okay? Basically perpendicular with your body, okay? Mm -hmm. So it's going to touch the shoulder. So it's right here, okay? If you're going to go around it for a curveball, you're going to hit the edge of the tire. You've got to go over top, okay? 12 to 6. That's the action for a curveball. Yeah. So that the back of your hand is pretty much going to face the catcher at release, okay? And the ball is going to spin this way, okay? Um, That's your 12-6 movement, okay? Over end. A slider is going to be your fastball, 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 and then just before release, you're going to karate chop down. Okay, so you're cutting the side of the ball. So that's going to give it the the sweeping motion. Pulling down the shade. Okay, correctly. Yeah, correct. Okay, so you're going to pull down the shade, um, or I just say karate chop because it's just an easier thing for for younger players to understand. So the four-seam fastball grip or the two-seam for the slider? Um, kind of a, it's kind of in between those two. You're gonna hook um your middle finger, which is gonna pull on the the top seam. Basically, I teach it if you had the ball where the seams make a backward C, or a forward C is normally what you want, and then you're gonna pull off that top seam 
to make it go down. It's tough for the radio audience to understand. Sure. I, if I could demonstrate uh, visually, <laughs> well, you could do it, it on the help. Facebook video feed right there. It. Yeah, yeah I, could, I guess um, I don't have a baseball on me. But, yeah. <laughs> um, so you pull off that top seam and yeah. and um, and get the spin and the rotation that you want. So, um, biggest thing with any of these pitches is don't um, don't lose arm speed. Your arm speed needs to stay the same for for any off speed pitch that you throw, um, because it, you're not going to telegraph it to the hitter as easy. Um, and show it to the hitter as much. So you want to you want to make sure that your arm speed stays the same and that you stay in your natural arm slot um, so that you disguise every pitch so that the, the hitter doesn't have as much time to react, obviously, and ID the pitch. Yeah. So. Was there anybody that you thought should have made the list uh, for the Hall of Fame this year? Ooh. Um, I mean, you know, you got the usual suspects that are kind <laughs> right. of still there. Still hanging out. Um, they're, the they're gaining a little, a little, a little bit. bit, you know. Yeah. But I don't see it happening. What do they have? Bonds and Clement. Bonds, they have three years left. Three I more. think. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't see it happening. Um, who is next in the in the voting? Um, Let me. I'm trying to pull yeah. that up. I know um, Kurt Schilling was one. Schilling that is was, right there. I think. You know, was being debated. Yeah, we were talking about um, Schilling. You know, he, he uh, made a little mistake going after reporters because three reporters vote on yeah. this. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Duh. He's never been wise with his words. <laughs> let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, here's the 2019 Hall of Fame voting. Hold on. All right. So Kurt Schilling was the next highest vote getter. Okay. 60.9 percent. Okay. Schilling, and Clemens was right there, 59.5. Bonds, 59.1. Little drop off. Larry Walker, 54.6. Those were the ones who got over half the vote. Omar Vizquel, only a second year on the ballot, 42.8 percent. Little O, as we called him in Seattle before hey, I mean, we trade him for Felix Fermin. Which maybe was, one of it, the best defenders oh, ever. Oh, of course. I mean, I'm thinking if I think best defensive shortstops I've ever seen or ever you know experienced in baseball, Ozzie Smith and, and Omar Vizquel are probably two of them at least. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, who else defensively was as good as those two playing, playing the position? The problem Seriously. is, the boy, they love statistics for the Hall of Fame, though, or they seem well, to have. Offensive statistics, right? Well, no, that's what I'm saying, but yeah. it's too bad because he's as good as it gets. But that, you know, and that's a sad thing because um, I think any manager in a game, if they build a team, they're gonna they're gonna be strong up the middle defensively, the middle. right? So your catcher, pitcher, middle infield, and center fielder are gonna be your best defenders normally because that's where the majority of of balls are gonna be hit. But so for me, if I'm gonna sacrifice offense, it's gonna be mainly in in the catcher position and the shortstop position. You know, if I'm going to take a hit because I got to catch the baseball, so yeah, um, I think that you've got to look in some key positions. Now you're a right fielder. I mean, come on, like you need to hit, right? But a shortstop and a catcher, first you know, baseman. I, uh, yeah, yeah, I just I think it's a little different. You know, that's that's just how I see the game. Fred McGriff fell off the ballot. Yeah, I his know. final year on the ballot, thirty nine point eight percent. The crime dog. I think he'll get in on one of those committees. Five hundred. How many home runs does he have? Not quite five hundred. Or four ninety five. <laughs> yeah, he right? came. He came so close. He ended up hitting four hundred ninety three home Unreal. runs. Unreal. He had a career string it out for seven more. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he had a career of three seventy seven on base percentage. I mean, this guy was legit. He was for so many years, and he, he was. was. Obviously not on steroids because he was very skinny. <laughs> yeah. He could really hit, though. He could yeah, really hit. Boy, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, he, of course, was a key part of the 1995 Atlanta Braves, oh, yeah. who won the World Series. Long career, started in 86 and retired in 2004. He tried to hang in there. He hit a couple home runs over uh, 
27 games with uh, Tampa Bay in 2004, his final season, but he was 40 years old at that point. So. He uh, he played for the Rays early on when their uh, franchise just started. I remember that. Him and Wade Boggs were yes. two marquee players there. Yeah, 1998, they right? They had the that turquoise was... and the purple uniforms. Wasn't Greg were... Vaughn <laughs> yeah. on that team also? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. They, yeah. they had some big names. Conseco. Oh, yeah. that's for the right. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Was on the race also. Yeah. yeah, he was an all-star with Tampa Bay at age 36 in 2000. Hit 27 home runs and drove in 106 runs. I go. mean, he hit 30 home runs with the Cubs in 2002. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, yeah. Hopefully, he'll get in on one of those committees. If Harold Baines can get in, we're going to have a lot of people get in the who, Hall of Fame. <laughs> who else down the list? Uh, Manny Ramirez got 22.8% of the vote, third year on the ballot. Uh, no, he's obviously, he actually tested positive twice, so that's a problem for him. Uh, Jeff Kent, it's not just rumors with him, like he actually tested positive. Uh, Jeff Kent, 18.1. Scott Rowland, who I, I know has a lot of support from uh, people who love defense, but he only got 17.2. How can you give Omar 42.8 and Rowland 17.2? Rowland was not only one of the great defensive third basemen all the time, he actually hit the ball he also. Did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny, though, too. Jeff Kent, never well-liked by any of his teammates. No, yep. no. But one of the best offensive second basemen that I yeah. saw yes. throughout a career. Yeah. I could really hit yeah. for a second baseman. Yeah, he um, was. Him and Bonds were not buddies. N no, yeah, no, that's one of the situations issues. where uh, who do, who, yeah. who do you choose sides with? Because neither one of them is yeah. very likely. And then he and then Kent goes from the Giants to the Dodgers. Like it's like you can't go to two more you know yeah, rival really. franchises. So, <laughs> yeah, not a lot of not a lot of love lost there. I thought was, Todd yeah. Helton was a little low considering his first year, only first year on the ballot, but only sixteen point five percent. Helton was the real deal yeah. in his career. Yeah, probably the best Rocky of all time. Yeah. Larry, know, well, sure. well, speak of that, Larry, Larry Walker, Walker yeah. up there, um, but he spent a lot of time with the Cardinals and some other teams. Expos. Larry Walker, yeah, he's one of those Expos yeah. guys. Yeah. <laughs> Expos yeah. had so many Maddie great would vote for him. So many great Expos through the years. And Larry was fun, though. He yeah. was fun to watch play. He had a good time playing, you yeah. know. Well, he was great defensively, too. Oh, wasn't he was he? a terrific yeah. player, absolutely. Yeah. Gary Sheffield's way down there. Steroid, out, you know, dogs him, 13.6%. No shot. Um, Andy Pettit, his first year on the ballot, only 9.9. Nope. Sammy Sosa, seventh year, only 8.5. Nope. Very little support for Sosa. Andrew Jones barely stayed on the ballot at 7.5%. He had to get 5% to stay on. Uh, so Michael Young, in his first year, fell off. Lance Berkman, Miguel Tejada, Roy Oswalt, Placido Polanco, who is really underrated, actually. He was a really good hitter. Um, Travis Hafner, and then a, oh, bunch, of other, yeah. a bunch of other guys, who. Freddie Garcia fell off. He did not get a single vote. <laughs> so, so Jeter's on the ballot. Is it next year? Next year. Jeter will probably get 100%. You think he will? Oh, yeah. I mean, if Mariano gets 100%. Um, I mean, people love him. That's, now that, that's now why, why? Let me ask you now this. Now that okay, someone it's did get him. It's an interesting. Yeah. Right. So so why would Jeter get 100% and Griffey not? I, oh, no question. I, I, I can't tell you only because the cowards who didn't vote for Griffey never revealed who they were. They never gave a reason. Not. Of course not. Yeah. So I, I, I couldn't tell you why Griffey didn't get 100%. I don't know exactly. But I think now that the precedent's been set that someone did, I think it's going to happen more often. But I don't think Jeter is the best shortstop of all time. No. Right? No. So, I mean, and I Mariana used to argue Rivera, about that all the time. Yeah. Mariana Rivera set a precedent for that position. Jeter, yeah. Jeter set a precedent for a class act, for a leader, for, you know, I, I, I get all that, but like. I mean, so many iconic playoff moments also, right? I, mean, I think someone's going to find fault with Jeter and not vote for Defensively, him. you can find the, fault the with The end, him. defensively, yeah, exactly. couldn't no. he didn't have any At the range. end, he had nothing. Yeah, too yeah that's to too bad about too. Griffey because he, he set a style also for the 
for Major League Baseball. You know, yeah. his leaping catches. It changed the game. I mean, I was, changed the game. I was happy at the time when he got inducted because even though he didn't get unanimous, he got the highest percentage ever at the right. time. So he's second highest now <laughs> behind yeah. Mariano. So I, I, Jeter, Jeter first ballot, obviously 100%. But I, I don't know that he'll uh, I don't know that he'll get he'll be unanimous. Yeah, maybe some know. Red Sox writers might exactly vote against. Knows. <laughs> Who knows? But you know, and then <laughs> you, you you brought up Harold Baines a few minutes ago. Yeah. Like, it's kind of strange how this whole thing is now. Yeah, how the Hall of Fame is now. It's definitely changed. McGriff and has to get in on a committee because has to Baines did. Well, they have to. rotating committees now, right? It it's is rotating different eras of when you yeah. play. Yeah, and then you you know we were talking earlier at the break about. Um, uh, Roy Halladay going in, um, you know, as as someone that is not going to declare a team or a hat to wear because um, his family, you know, decided on that. And that's an interesting uh, debate we were talking about earlier that um, whether the players should get to choose what hat they wear when they, they go in. They played for more than one team. I, I think they might have because the Hall chooses now. Correct. Right. Um, I think what happened was wasn't Wade Boggs like right. he's the one going to go in as like a Tampa Bay rake and someone offered him a bunch of money. I don't know what I it, think was. it was. There was it was something, something weird like that. like that. So the Hall was like, "Okay, we're not letting the players decide." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Although I mean, if, You're if sell I'm a your player, Hall of Fame hat to the highest bidder. That, no, that's that's wrong. Obviously, <laughs> but if I'm a Hall of if I'm a player going in the Hall of Fame, it's kind of like and I split my career half and half. Let me decide. I mean, it's yeah. my. It was my career. It was my. You right. Know, I, yep. This is about me going in. Like I remember being grumpy you know. when Randy Johnson went in as a Diamondback. I mean, obviously he had great years with the Diamondbacks, but I mean, he's a Mariner. Yeah, yeah he's he a Mariner. Is, for he's me. a Mariner. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> like uh, he, he, you know, he threw a perfect game with Arizona. He struck out twenty hitters in one game. He won some world. Yeah. He won a World Series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. did a lot. Another it? Mariner you got coming up not too Ichiro. long. Ichiro, although he just signed a minor league contract, <laughs> he can't give it His up. His timeline's gonna reset. He's not gonna get inducted to the Hall of Fame until he's like sixty years old. He's like, H- be like Ricky Henderson, right? He's gonna play now, forever. I'm a huge Ichiro fan. Yeah, he's terrific. Yeah. He's terrific. Now he'll be the first Japanese player and made from Major League Baseball going in. I yeah, believe, or right? from anywhere. Right, I mean, right. it's because you know you have you have Negro League players in the Hall of Fame <laughs> right. who never play in the major leagues, but I don't think you have any players who only play in Japan. So, or the Jap- like that. first Japanese player of all time ever, you know, to go in the Hall yeah. of Fame. Yeah, so obviously, whenever deserving. whenever he retires, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's in no rush. Yeah, it's funny because he was the first Japanese position player right. to, to come to the major leagues. There have been pitchers before, and there have been more pitchers than position players, but every pitcher um, seems to be getting injured. Like they get hurt, right? Daisuke got hurt. Nomo had some injuries. Most of them have not panned out, R- right? For a long term career. Long term, right? Because they get they work now, so hard over there. You no, know, I'm not so one that believes that pitchers should be babied, but there's been a lot of theories about they overthrow. And when Daisuke was at the Red Sox, they kept saying, "No, oh, this is our routine." He goes, "No, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw you know 100 pitches on my off day." You know that? I don't know. Just is that part of it? Oh, I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, I, I, I who knows? <laughs> I, I think um, they obviously train differently. The discipline they have is different. Um, their philosophies are different than what we use here. But I, I, and I've been there a couple of times. I've seen baseball. I've, I've, I've watched that, you know, as soon as the second out of any inning is made, the pitcher and the catcher, the pitcher and somebody go down the line and start to just kind of toss a little bit to, to get going. So they don't need as many warm-up pitches in between. So, um, you know, that, that could be a while before that third out is even made. So they're down sure. there tossing for, for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you know. So 
they have these training regimens. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's also just a difference that they train differently, they prepare differently because the hitters at Major League Baseball are that much better, and they've got to and they've got to come up with some sort of scheme or some sort of mindset. Yeah, and a lot guys. Of, I don't know. And they're also, I mean, they're they're obviously older when they come over. So yeah, they Dice are. K, their best years have already. I mean, one of Dice's yeah. issues is he. He couldn't last more than five innings because he didn't throw strikes. He always nibbled, 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 and yeah. then he's out of the game. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Um, I think that the, the, the Japanese or just Asian style of, of hitting um, for those Asian countries over there um, is probably more uh, – will translate better to a major league level than, than pitching does, in my opinion. And that's I think that's shown probably over the, the time, but – um, just with their transfer and their, their playing and the path that they use and their two strike approach, I mean, they they hit the contact. Um, they're not they're not as much worried about about the you know the three run homer over there. They they execute a lot better. Um, they play small ball in, in the Nippon League. They do all that kind of stuff that makes it a, yeah. just a different game. They run the bases. They steal a lot more bases. They try to at least. Um, you'll see hit and runs over there still. Like you don't see hit and runs in Major League <laughs> Baseball anymore. I mean, seriously, I nobody nobody's hitting and running. I don't anymore. remember the last time I saw a hit and run. Right. I mean, but that's how they play. So it, it's a different style um, of uh, you know philosophies of the game. So that's what makes it interesting. Part to me. and part of the legend of Ichiro is that in batting practice he would just put on a show. He would hit home oh, runs. Oh yeah, no, he had he the would, ability to. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, destroy pitches in batting practice and. But everything. he'll also you know uh, take the two strikes and then flip one over the shortstop's head yeah. and steal second and then it's yeah. like, <laughs> all right, now we got a guy yeah. on second. You know, three pitches later, so it's kind of. You know, Ichiro, but but defensively, that guy was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, some of the throws he made from the outfield, like, good grief. And last you know. year, of course, he um, he didn't retire, but he was he transitioned into a front office role last season at the Mariners and then yeah. would stay in uniform for the games. Unbelievable. And when they win, he would come out and high-fire everybody in uniform. I was like, okay. They just loved to have yeah. him on. Yeah. Yeah. on, baby. Yeah. He's, Can't blame he's him there. Like, He's kind of like probably Bartolo, you know, when when Bartolo Colon's yeah. done pitching, like somebody is, will just hire him he to is keep an him in the locker room. Yeah. He's the alternate universe Bartolo because Bartolo has a bit of a belly. <laughs> he does, but I'm saying personality-wise, yeah, 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 they're, yeah. they're probably awesome clubhouse guys, and yeah. uh, and they're probably just like, hey, we got to keep these guys around for at least another year. Ichiro you know? weighs like 150 pounds, probably less. He does. Fucking wet. Right? But, but, but Ichiro, I mean, you've never heard anybody say a negative word about the guy, no, right? Yeah. And then you got, I mean, when, when I use the analogy That's of Bartolo. That's not exactly true, because when I was a Red Sox fan, I used to say a lot of negative well, things. Yeah, Don't let that yeah. guy get on. Yeah, right, exactly. Right, he played for the Yankees. That's so weird to me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know, well, that too. Uh, but Bartolo, I mean, everybody even says that, like, he's an absolute riot around the clubhouse, and yeah. he's fun to be with. And, I mean, the guy's on borrowed time playing baseball, let's be honest. Like, he's just... When Enjoy he hit the his ride, man. Like, first career home run. Remember oh, that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the the announcer was like, ladies and gentlemen, I have seen it all. <laughs> yeah. But the greatest moment of Mets history. Yeah. In San Diego, too. No yeah. Pitchers right? Park. Yeah, exactly. I cannot wait for Ichiro's Hall of Fame speech. That will be a must-see because he, he speaks English. He's finally he, started to speak English. He, he, well, he, he went for a while there with, with no English. Well, he, he's fluent in Spanish, and he also, sp <laughs> Unbelievable, he, he also yeah. speaks English, but like, he just did his interviews in Japanese because he wanted to. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> that's what it was. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it'll be great. But, it'll yeah, I, great. I'm going this summer when Edgar finally gets inducted. And um, 
That'll be uh, I'll be a very uh, it'll be a lot of Yankee fans. Very cool. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You'll be swamped by Yankee. <laughs> it'll fans. be swamped by Yankee fans. Probably not as many as when Jeter gets inducted, but still probably a lot. I mean, with Messina and Mo. Oh, yeah. My goodness. Right. Yeah, Yankee yeah. fans like crazy. I still think of Messina as an Oriole, but I understand I he had too, a long but, career. But a lot of Yankee fans loved him in yeah. his career there. Yeah. I mean, they won. Yeah. Let's see what they win with him. They won. Oh wow! They did they not win any World Series with Mike Messina? They must uh, not have. Yeah. Because his last year with Baltimore was 2000. That was the Yankees' third straight World Series. And then he joined the Yankees. They lost to the Diamondbacks in 2001. They lost to the Marlins in 2003. Uh, um, obviously, the Red Sox beat him in 04. And they didn't win again until what? 2009? And oh, he, boy, had, yeah. he had already retired by then. Boom. So he never. Maybe there won't be as many Yankee fans as you think. He never won a World <laughs> Series in his career. But Mariano neither did Edgar Martinez. And Mariano makes up for that, though, with all yep. His World Series, he won. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah, right. I know, from well. Panama, too. I don't know if there's a lot of Panamanian players in the Hall of Fame. He might be the first. I yeah. can't think Could of be. anyone. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, we will take a break here on the B-List. Half hour flew by talking all things Absolutely. baseball Hall of Fame. Michael Hoffer's calling right now. We'll have him on the other side of the break. John Martin, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks a lot.